morning. Good morning. I want to share from Psalm 24. David reminds us who's in charge from verse 1 and 2. Everything belongs to the Lord, the earth and everything in the earth. How easy it is for us to lose sight of this reality. How easily we forget that our houses, cars, and other material things are not ours, but the Lord's. There is nothing that is ours, yet we selfishly, with the things we have, believing that we are the owners. Even our lives are not ours, but are the Lord's. Verse 3 to 6, reading these verses, there seems to be questions David asks. Who is able to approach the glory of the God and stand in his very presence? He answered them that one who has clean hands, basically he's saying those who examine our deeds and actions. David is reminding us that we must be involved in works of righteousness and deeds fit for God's services. James 4a says, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Next, he says, those with pure hearts. God also looks at our intentions and our motives. We may think we can fool others around us by keeping our hands looking clean while having corrupt motives and evil thoughts in our minds as long as we don't act on them. Whether we act on these thoughts and motives or not, we must purge our minds of these things. Lastly, David says that the character of those who may approach the Lord are those who keep themselves, minds, and actions from false ways. This is commanding us to have a right relationship with others. We are to be honest people with one another and not be false or fake to each other. We must treat each other with honor and respect submitting to one another just as Christ perfectly shows submission by dying on our behalf. So verses 3 and 4, Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? Who can possibly ascend the hill of the Lord and stand in his holy place? I think the answer is that no one can. Because even though we, verse 4 tells us how to get there, and we can try and we should try, But no one can say, I have clean hands and pure heart, that I do not lift up my soul to what is false and do not swear deceitfully. We have already lost before we even start to try. As we have seen in Genesis chapter 3, through one man's trespass, there has been so much that already got unleashed. So verse 5, going on to verse 5, it says, He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. I think this is good news. Not only do we receive blessing from the Lord, but our righteousness also comes from God. And this is what the Bible says. There is no righteousness we can claim for ourselves. We see in Romans 5.17, it says, For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. The good news is that this free gift of righteousness, we receive it from God. And that's what this verse says also. Praise the Lord. And moving on, verse 6, it says, Such is the generation of those who seek Him, who seek the face of God of Jacob. And I was thinking about why is He called the God of Jacob? Because if you look at this psalm, there are all these other names that God is, God is called. Other names that are listed in this psalm are King of Glory, the Lord of Hosts, the Lord, and then it says here, God of Jacob. There are all these lofty names that refer to God, 
And here, curiously, there is a mention of God of Jacob. He is the king of glory, but here he is defined by this one man who happens to be a usurper, a person on the run from his brother for stealing the blessing. This is a very lowly name to be called, to be a god of a very flawed person. Jacob did not have clean hands and pure heart, yet we read in Genesis that God reveals to him again and again, and Jacob trusts in God. Genesis 28:15 says, Behold, I am with you, and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. This is God speaking to Jacob, giving him his promise as he is on the run. In Genesis 32:30, it says, So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. So here, Jacob has an encounter with God, and he gets to see him face to face. And then Genesis 35.3, it says, Then let us rise up and go up to Bethel, so that I may make an altar there to the God who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. So what is the relationship between God and Jacob? God appears to him when he is running away and gives him a promise. Jacob seeks his face when he is in trouble and later in his life he knows and he worships God who has answered him in his distress and has been with him wherever he has gone. I find it really interesting that God wants to be defined this way, called God of Jacob. He wants to be known to his people as one who was there for his grasper, a cheat, when he sought his face and was found by God. So in this psalm, we see that God is so big and He is so amazing. He is God of glory. But also He says, I am going to be found by those who, a generation of people that seek me and seek my face. And I am that God of Jacob. Okay, that's all we have today. We hope you have a nice day. Bye-bye. Bye.